Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the ring. I, of course, am your host, the one and only Dr. B.O.B., and with me is the Hawaiian lion, the man who brings the passion, the positivity, the intensity, the one and only blowout man. How are you today, blowout man? It's blowout time, Warriors. Thank you for that awesome introduction, Dr. Bob. I'm a little, uh, I'm a little upset because I had a, um, a, a funny story that yep. I wanted to come up with last night, correct? Yes. And, uh, and then this morning when I woke up and I get ready to get ready for the show, it slipped my mind. Oh, no. And, I always, and it remembers, I always remember, I have my Macho Man Randy Savage shirt on today, and I always remember the story that Hogan says about the passion that Randy Savage used to have. Yeah. And he would call up Hogan like at 3 a.m. and be like, oh, brother, I got an idea for a show, <laughs> and I wanted to write it down. And then Hogan would be like, all right, Randy, I understand, brother, but it's a little early in the morning. And then Macho Man <laughs> would come back with, Oh come on, Hulkster! I thought you, I, I thought you, I thought this means as much to you as it does to me. <laughs> oh, I love Randy Savage. Yes, he's uh he he was quite the character, and uh, the older it's funny, the older I get, the more I really appreciate his work in the ring and his promo ability, even more so than Hogan. I think, although Hogan was you know obviously the top guy, I think. You know, if you go back as an adult looking at it now, uh, Randy was really the better uh, overall worker, I think. But um, yeah, uh, over, overall, I was always a Hulkamaniac. Yeah, I was. I was always loyal to the to the Hulkamania, and uh, but for some reason, I just that that first memory. If ever anybody ever asked me that first memory of what I remember about watching wrestling, it was imagining. Mm-hmm. Randy Macho Man Savage jumping off the top rope as hard as he can and landing on a man. Yep. And I'm like, I told my mom, how do they fake that stuff, mom? And she just goes, <laughs> well, Josh, I think they're just real big guys. <laughs> but uh, anyway, speaking of uh, uh, hard to see through uh, uh, stuff, we're going to uh, go ahead and jump in here feet first into NXT UK. You ready, blowout? Yes, Dr. Bob. Fantastic. Let's get into this. This has been an awesome week. So we've got NXT UK from October 14th, 2021. First thing I wrote, the fans are back. I wrote down fans, warriors, but we didn't not have a stadium yet. No, no, that's just, uh, um, it's a rather small group in the BT Sports Arena but um, at least they're there, and they do actually contribute quite a bit to this episode. Um, right. I think. Right, um, right, right. I think they, they make everybody start to play to them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you can have a, a moment or two with the Iowa people down there at the aisle. Right. I once was at an event, and I, I saw the Ultimate Warrior run by. Mm-hmm. When they hit that music, I didn't make it to the, to the aisle in time to see them, but I saw them fly by. Nice. And, uh, but I did. I did get a chance to get my hands on the barbarian's chest, though, as a kid. Sweet, yeah. I, I, I uh, pat. I patted the barbarian. I was. Uh, I was at a, a show. It was a SmackDown taping. It was actually the one where Roman came back. So I think it was SmackDown. It might have been Raw. I can't remember. But they were also doing the Ric Flair tribute, and that was the episode where uh, Dave Batista attacked Rick in the back. But. Oh, um, 
it was cool because I got to see all the legends walk by, like, you know, uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H and Sting. And I was so, it was so cool seeing Sting because I was literally like not even like uh, six feet away from him when he walked by, you know what I mean? But I was a couple of seats in from the edge of the, uh, the ramp. But I was like, holy shit, that's Sting. That's, that's freaking Sting, you know? Wow. Well, I know, I know that the Amit you should have had. How tall did Triple H tower? Because I've heard stories that someone told me that they seen him in real life and he wasn't that tall. And I want that myth to be put to put to rest right now. I, I know Triple H is a big person. Triple H is a big dude, yeah, because he's a lot bigger than Sean, and Sean's just a little bit taller than me. I think. Okay. Uh, Sean's like what six? Um, is he six foot five ten five eleven somewhere around in there? But Triple H is like six four, six five, isn't he? Like he's a tall right. dude. Yeah. And the rock is six four. So I always judge it off of when they go go eye to eye off the rock. So I always say, yeah. well, if this rock's six four and they're doing eye to eye, then that means he's up there. Yeah. And I mean Sting's tall too. You don't think about it really about how tall Sting is, but uh uh comparatively, especially standing side by side with Shawn Michaels, you're like, Holy crap. <laughs> so you know who's a lot. What, what was what was Sting's what was Sting's job in that uh, SmackDown that night? What he was, was he supposed to do? He was just he was uh, out there. They were out there. They were presenting Rick with a uh, with with oh. like a replica belt of the uh, the the big gold belt or something. It was a celebration of Ric Flair. I think it might have been. I don't know if it was his birthday or not, but it was something like that. And that's when Dave Batista, of course, attacked him in the back. And oh, uh, okay. But because um, I was like, oh, I'm going to get to see Rick again because I've seen Rick a few times. But um, so it was no, it was a it was a cool thing. You know, who's a lot smaller than I thought would be. And that's Ronda Rousey. She is tiny. No way. Yes. She is like super small. Like I like because when she came out, she they did a thing with her. And of course, this is when this is, you know, lead into WrestleMania, I think. So Becky was attacking her. Uh, but yeah, she was she's she's very small. Like she's she's short and um, you know I mean I guess it doesn't see on television because she's so cut but she's not like uh, uh, very big. Huh. Well, I think that one time it was deceptive because she actually like pressed Triple H that one time, didn't she, yeah. Doctor Bob? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she pressed him and and stuff. So it was it was deceptive. Well, I'm not saying yeah, she's not powerful she, or explosive. Right. I'm just saying she's a lot shorter and a lot thinner than you think she is. From from the uh, anyway, I just I'm not saying anyway. I don't mean to talk yeah. about her. I'm not talking about her in a body way. I'm just saying she's she's yeah. shorter than I thought she was. Um, anyway, now yeah. we've gotten we've gotten off on a tangent. We haven't even gotten started yet. <laughs> it's okay. I think we have Blair Davenport getting ready to jump back into the ring right yes. now. Warriors. Yes, Blair. For the first match, they get right into it. Blair Davenport versus Stevie Turner. And it's cool that she's back and she's got fans and mm-hmm. so she's getting sick heat from everybody. Oh yeah, people people are are were booing her out of the building. Um uh but she kind of Davenport looks like she'd just rather be anywhere else when she's in the ring. I don't know if that's on purpose or not, but uh it certainly gets heat with me because I'm like you're just like she's like moping it. We should get her and Darby Allen together and they can both mope to the ring. Um uh, 
Yeah, they could do that cross mesh face that I have with her and Sting and Darby Allen all yeah. meshed on the same picture <laughs> in the face, and that'll work. So AEW, um, AEW, AEW. They get a um, they get a jump start. Uh, Turner starts getting Turner was getting babyface pops, like big babyface pops. This whole match, um, she gets up early. Uh, but neglects to capitalize when she's got Blair in the ropes and she could have gone for that um, assisted, whatever it is that they call it, flatliner, oh, yeah. I think. The assisted flatliner, yeah. I didn't see that yet. So she could have gone for that, but instead she she gives her the big boot. And um, then pretty soon, uh, later on, she gives her uh, Los Trace neck breakers, which I thought was pretty cool because it was Eddie Guerrero's birthday. So instead of doing the three suplexes, she did the... Uh, the uh, three the next three amigos. Yeah, the three amigos. Um, That's cool. I, I like that it was Eddie Guerrero Day. Yeah. And that uh, anybody, anywhere, in all brands are just kind of just they doing that three amigos and just mm. popping off three amigos here and there. So you'll see a, a, a AEW dark episode and some some random uh, guy in there with uh, what's his name will just pop off three amigos from El Cerro Mero, Seta Piela, mm. Seta Pero Miedo. <laughs> So, um, so, but, uh, Blair Turner ends up making a mistake, which gives Blair the advantage. Um, and then she finally gets through and then she gets the win. Um, I wasn't really that impressed with Davenport in this ad outing. Um, I just, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I, it's not working for me. Whatever it is that they're doing with her, or what she's doing, it just, it doesn't work for me. I need, I want a little bit more passion or um for something out of her um and then of course she's uh she's in her promo after the match she's like i'm back and i'm like you just she just got here like she she just got here a few weeks ago and got suspended so it's not like he was a little like a storied uh person who just came back but other than that it was an all right match um i kind of uh i liked stevie turner as the baby face um so maybe they can uh work that out a little bit but uh what did you think i'd like to i'd like to see her uh ask, put her hands on an, an official again and see if they see if they get her to uh put, just uh put stevie uh what's his name skit sit scala mm -hmm. in the, the the falcon arrow or something like that yeah and then he has to get reprimanded because uh <laughs> There's no way you're supposed to be getting falcon arrowed by Blair Davenport. It's NXT UK. <laughs> this is the main brand. That would be actually that would be a pretty good storyline. You should send that in to uh, um, to Johnny Saint. Okay. <laughs> um. So then we get a uh, backstage segment with Shaw and uh, Noam Dar, and Shaw brings him into a room, but he bungled the surprise party, which is supposed to say congratulations. It says happy birthday instead. Oh, is that the bungle right here? Yeah. I don't have the volume up, but I see the I see the happy birthday on the wall. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> and then Doam's like, "That's fine. We'll just <laughs> celebrate like we always do and have a good time." And of course, Shaw brings his little flask out. And then they, I really like this. They acknowledged the camera at the end of the thing. They were like, they looked at the camera and they were like, "Get out of here!" and squirted it with um, with uh, uh the uh, silly silly spray. Uh, right. No. Um. When we did that when we when we did that yeah they said the we did that play uh, in and it was set in Clapping Common London mm -hmm. so this is a fancy thing that they do during like Christmas time mm -hmm. and they have these crackers these things you pop like that and it yep. just shoots out confetti and it's for for the birthday party yep if you weren't if you weren't European and you didn't know 
uh, that he was going to pop that. It it was kind of a surprise. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so that was a, I don't know. It was a fun little. It was all right. Fun little segment, I guess. And then we get in the break, and then we get back, and we're apparently at Tiamon's dinner table, and uh, Raja is like, uh, "I'm so sorry. Like we we tried. They outnumbered us." And Tiamon kind of, uh, you know, he takes responsibility, and he's like, "That's all right." our family will be growing soon. So it makes me wonder who's going to be the next person to join Tiamon's group. Because as soon as he said it, I was like, oh my God, who's it going to be? Like, I can't even, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know who it would be that would join his group. Well, if you don't know, then the Warriors have no idea. And so it's going to be a complete shocker. And I like that when they come up with the new head of the, or or the new, not head, but at least cousin or or a brother that you didn't know that he, he was there. Yeah. Right. So I also um, put down, I also put down nice patterns on these coffee cups for these gentlemen to be using. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Very Very traditional. uh, Yeah. Almost like they're non, almost look like they're Nana's coffee cup. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think, uh, um, you know, I'm not a, usually a huge fan of these promos like this where people sitting around the table and it's all very cinematic and stuff, but they're doing an all right job with Teoman. I wish I still would like if they just kept stuff more realistic, but you know, it is what it is. Um speaking of realistic though, then we get Jenny and Joseph barging into Sid Scala's office while he's on the phone. He tells them, yes, he tells them that uh, Mako's accepted and there will be a title match in three weeks. And then Jenny leaves. And, but I love it what she says to him right before she walks out. Do you remember what burn she said? Burn your clothes. You burn your clothes. Burn those. Burn clothes. your clothes. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, what's <laughs> what's wrong with tweed? I'm like I like tweed. I have a couple of tweed jackets. <laughs> I know. I like that camel. Uh, that camel. Um, a jacket that you have camel hair. The jacket camel hair one. Clothing. Yes, I love yeah. that jacket. I lo- I like that one. That's super class right there. Yeah. When I was in um, the combat zone, they had a stand-up competition one day. Yeah. And the first prize was going to be five hundred dollars. Yeah. And then second prize was going to be three hundred, and then third prize is going to be something else. Yeah. So I wanted to get myself a nice pair of lambskin tight fitted custom made pants yeah. from the Jihad, yeah. the little shop they have down there at the, at the bazaar. Yeah. So I had some custom lambskin made pants. Costed me a heck of a lot of money. They're a fortune to make. Yeah. And um, but I didn't actually get to do the stand up comedy show actually. Oh no. Yeah, unfortunately, but it was a good competition. I saw the whole thing, and the, the competition was tight. I would have come in, I would have come close, but I think the people that that pay, played the piano and were singing songs and such, yeah, I think yeah, they yeah. probably would have came in first place. So it was okay that I didn't actually get to compete. Yeah. That's cool. I still had yeah, the sure. pants for a long time. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, but I do like to see. I like to see high end like clothes tailor made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was I was the first one to actually be in Von Dutch when that came out for the Fast yeah. and Furious Part One. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, we used to go down to Melrose uh, in in, uh, in Melrose in Boulevard in California where they have the Von Dutch shop, and that's where you get the original clothes from the Fast and Furious Part One. If you watch Vin Diesel in Part One, Warriors, you'll see he's got the Von Dutch logo on the original shop. You can get that shirt there. That one's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, I um, 
all of my suits are I'm, they're not custom made because they're all but they're all custom tailored well they would be custom tailored but everything fit me right off the rack i'm not i kid you not like literally when i went in to buy my suits because uh, we were going to vegas this was when i was turning 35 we were going to vegas and so uh Avon was like well let's get you some nice suits to go to vegas in i was like okay cool let's go do that so um we went and we got this is when i got all those sports sports jackets too but i went in and like everything off of the rack just fit me perfect like i think one of my my two trousers had to be taken up like maybe a half an inch but that was it nothing had to be taken in nothing had to be taken let out none of the sleeves were too long like it was i think the uh, um the salesman was a little pissed off because he couldn't charge me for any tailoring for to anything that i picked out because everything fits so well right off the rack but um that's, yeah, that was that's that's very fortunate. Yeah, um, it really you was. could go. You could probably go to these high end shops that are on uh, Sunset Boulevard, mm-hmm. right, right, right down the end of Sunset Boulevard. They have some really expensive ones. They're like um, Dolce and Gabbana, mm-hmm. and they got um, oh, what was it? Oh, oh, the other guys fashion fashion the place Versace. that his name was Versace. Yeah, yeah, they're all on the right side, right there, and um. We met we met one of the men too that actually made a pair of pants mm-hmm. and they, he has his shop right there and we saw him because we used to work at the the Rose Bowl swap meet. I got you for uh, the vintage the vintage clothing at the Rose Bowl swap meet in California for our school show choir every single month for a long time on Sundays. <sighs> okay, we need to we focus focus gotta stay focused. Focused, focused, ladies and gentlemen. We're trying to be focused here. Um, okay. <laughs> so next up, we get Flash Morgan Webster's versus Shaw Samuels. Um, Shaw Samuels is in great shape. He has dropped a lot of weight and really trimmed up and looks like a beast. Um, this is a, a classic speed versus strength uh, match. Flash gets some early flurries, but then Shaw gains the advantage. Um, we get the uh, the first of the real British chants, the Go Flash Morgan Webster. They love to chant like that. Like that's one of the oh, okay. things. Like when they chant, it's almost like they're singing instead of a Let's Go Morgan, you know, like we do. So they're chanting Let's Go Flash Morgan Webster. Um, Shaw's keeps getting flashed out for two counts, but he can't put him away. Uh, Shaw's got some good punches. Especially the ones he throws to the, the like top of the head, but Flash ends up firing up. Um, does a uh, he does this great suicide dive to Shaw and then rides him all the way down to the ground and just continues punches him as soon as they get to the ground. It was really cool looking because it was like he threw himself into it and really made it look like he was trying to beat the guy up. Um, I have a real high-risk Tope Suicido, I think I wrote down here. Yes. So that was probably the same one because he, yeah, he. I just like the way he wrote him down like that. It was like Bret Hart used to do. Like when Bret Hart hits you with a uh, with a suicide dive, which he didn't do him very often, but he would always ride you down to the floor with it, you know, to make it look like oh, he's cool. really trying to hurt you with, with the move. Um, he does a great dive to the outside from the top where he does a uh, – um, I don't know what it is. It's almost like a flip in the air and lands with his like ass on the uh, on Shaw. Um, Webster does a good job of registering damage throughout the match, even when he's on his comeback, which was good. Um, 
the headbutt at the which is the last offensive thing he does uh that Morgan does he gives a great headbutt to Shaw Samuels but then he hits the rope and Shaw hits him with a spawn buster out of nowhere great looking spawn buster and gets the win um I wrote a good match and benefited uh this this one definitely benefited from the audience I think the audience being there made this match feel uh more lively what uh thoughts I like his I like his gear I like this gear. It's, it's very like um, it looked like Clockwork Orange type of a scary. Yeah. Doesn't he have the? He has the. He has the overalls, correct? Oh, Shaw. Yeah. Well, no, he yeah he wears the suspenders. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Like array array he has set up when he goes in there and they're, they're up and then they're down and then mm-hmm. he's like fighting. It list, it's it's. It's kind of it. It tells you that he's from the NXT UK brand. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I I the, Shaw's one of those guys that when he first came in, I didn't really like him. I didn't get it. He's grown on me a little bit, but seeing him perform in front of an audience really like takes all of his stuff up a notch because it, the audience responds to him, which yeah, means do. that he's over with them. Yeah, he is. So he was um, putting stomps. He mm-hmm. was selling stomps. He could sell. He could sell the, the that suicide die was wicked. Mm-hmm. He's got a. He's got a great uh, future, and I think he's going to be a tough contender for maybe even the NXT Championship coming up. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a shot at it. I would. I would put him more in a tag team or the Heritage Cup stuff. I wouldn't mind seeing. Right. Since him and Noam Dar are such good friends, if Dar doesn't win the the cup this time, I would like to see oh, him okay. and Dar right. as a tag team, um, because right. we've they got can, a lot. Tag team it up. Yeah, because we've got a good amount of babyface, you know, tag teams. Um, but we don't have a lot of. Well, I guess we got symbiosis, but um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them as a as a tag team, and they could be a babyface or a heel tag team because they both kind of have that. You can see how they've got enough charisma that they would get over as one or the other. Um, so after that, we get the um, the Nina, Nina Samuels show, uh, and her guest, quote-unquote, is Zaya Brookside. It really looks like she just comes up to people and just starts talking to them and is like, oh, yeah, this is my show now. Didn't you know? <laughs> well, they gave her a microphone, and it's got some graphics on it, and they set it up with some graphics, so... Even 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 some of the greats like Ziggy Dice, he didn't even get his name on a graphic when he debuted at AEW and he got destroyed by the murder hawk Lance Archer. Mm-hmm. So her as a person, I'm sure she's very happy about her segment. Oh yeah, I'm sure she is. But uh so <laughs> Zaya Brookside, uh she's she's talking about Zaya Brookside. She's trying to belittle her by telling her about all the people that she lost to. And Zaya's like, Didn't you lose to those same people? <laughs> Um, oh, that's a nasty burn. But she then, said, "At least I have a show." And then, uh, but then she's like, "You couldn't even beat Aaliyah James." And Zy Brookside goes over and is like, "Hey, Aaliyah, do you want to have a match?" And she's like, "Okay." <laughs> so, I guess they they made a match. So Zy Brookside and Aaliyah James are going to have a match at some point. Um, Probably the only uh, brand where it's almost acceptable because I mean, you could call somebody out in the workout area. And just jump into the ring and then tell him, get over here and bring the camera over here. I'm going to bust this guy up for a little while. Yeah. Um, 
definitely. Um, it's certainly the only one where we actually get a look at the performance center, you know. Um, but uh, then we get, um, let's see, we go to commercial, we come back. Um, next week we're going or we're going to get uh, symbiosis versus Dave Mastiff in uh, uh, Jack Stars. Uh, I think Mastiff or Stars would be a good selection to be in Tiamon's family because um, both of them have kind of uh, I don't know not had a whole lot of success. You know what I mean? Or just a minimal. Oh my gosh! Amount. If Mastiff sits out at the table, they're going to need a really really good size seat and a pretty good plate <laughs> yeah yeah they will definitely need a little bit more than just a little bit of tea from dave bastiff <laughs> yeah he's gonna sit down and he's gonna be where's the, where's the joker <laughs> yeah yeah let me let me get a let me get a tankard of ale and a uh um a leg of lamb please <laughs> yeah and then we'll be we'll be so bright we'll be ready for this so um then um uh, oh, okay, they showed so, a spot of two weeks ago where they always went at it on the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was during the uh, um, was that during the Heritage Cup match or was that? Yeah, during I think the, it's towards the end of the, the tag Cup match. Two weeks ago, or was no, that was the, the tag, tag match. That was the tag match. It was Mustache Mountain versus um, Symbiosis. No, no, all Carter, Carter and Smith. Okay, Roger. Yeah, because Symbiosis came out to the ringside and started yelling at him, and uh, because you know Eddie Dennis and Trent Seven still have beef, so uh, or heat. So then uh, Mastiff and Stars came out and beat him up. Uh, then uh, after that, we go to um, Dev Joe, uh, the Coffee Brothers and uh, Wolfgang Gallus barges into uh, the office of Sid Scala, where Jordan Devlin's there. And Jordan Devlin's like, we are going to have a match with uh, Gallus banned from ringside. And Joe Coffey's like, fine, that's fine by me. Uh, Devlin delivers a pretty good promo. And uh, talking about how Joe Coffey's had two shots at the title and hasn't won. And Devlin won on his first shot. But I liked how Devlin gets up and walks away. And Joe Coffey's like, yeah, the cruiserweight title. <laughs> <laughs> like basically oh, like, well, oh well that's, you won the cruiserweight title that's not that's quite not the quite, same <laughs> that's not quite a burn but still um god can you imagine a nice x division uh-huh. can you imagine a nice x division just loving it climbing the ropes going after that x doing backflips and stuff all over the place mm-hmm. oh. yeah i like i'm not a huge fan i'm not a huge fan of that match i think it's, da- it's a little more dangerous than you need but um Oh, really? Nah, yeah. I, I used to watch a lot of X Divisions when they did that. And uh, some of the guys that were some of the, the experts at it, they could really go do a couple of backflips off that thing, hang upside down right on. for that X. It's pretty cool. And then you get the X Division champion. Yep. Um, but, well, that's kind of, that. but that's a TNA impact thing, though, too. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, after that, we get the big NXT UK title match. A kid versus yeah, Ilya yeah, Dragonoff. Okay, this is going to be a this is going to be a barn burner. This one was it was oh man I mean I I it was so good I had to tweet about it on I had to uh, talk about it on Twitter I couldn't wait to uh, do the uh, do the show to just say how absolutely fantastic it was. Um, starts off got a big fight feel to it right out of the beginning. Uh, there's a hesitant start. Uh, a lot, a lot 
of grappling early, like, like almost kind of like not a ridiculous amount, but certainly showing that these two guys are technically proficient. Um, at one point, they're going to a little power where they grapple, and then one of them will do a power move. Then they'll grapple some more. Um, finally, A-Kid starts kicking um, Ilya's legs, but Ilya uh, gets a check to uh, A-Kid's kick, you know, where you lift your lift your leg up, and their shin I, hits your shin. I did. I, I had that written down. That was, uh, I don't know. I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. That's okay. That's okay. You could, you could stop someone's shin like that, but... Yeah. Uh, they better be. They better be working. They better be working tight because that was that was that was that was tough. I saw that. It looked yeah. brutal. Yeah. Um. So of course, a kid starts selling shin damage immediately. Uh, Dragon off starts working the leg. I couldn't take it. I was like, God, if you block a, a kick like that with your shin, that's that's yeah. like a tight move or something. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so um. So Dragon off starts working the leg, then Dragon off's arms gets da- arm gets damaged by a kid. So we've got one guy with a bad arm and one guy with a bad leg, and that really becomes kind of the story in this match. Um, it's a good pace to this point. Really, it's not too fast. Like, they didn't just go 100 miles an hour right out of the gate. They're pacing it really well. Um, I, love the, I love the way during the next few sequences that Dragunov finds to work the leg. Like, whether it's from a counter or just from a, um, like, just, you know, he stops one of A-Kid's moves and then, like, kicks the leg out from underneath of him. Or he does that, um, that, like, uh, uh, what was it, like, like that spinning elbow, but he does it to the back of A-Kid's leg, you know? Just, you know, it, it was really well, well done. Um, right, like Seth Rollins, their kicks are just straight mm-hmm. on point. They must do uh, circular training or something like that. So um, then uh, a series of great cans- transitions and counters, and uh, Ape Kid hits a, uh, a superplex for a round of applause. How, when was the last time you saw a, just a regular old superplex get like people you know, that excited about it? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, to get a round of applause from all the crowd, I like it when they when they give you that that clap 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 after the series is over with. Mm-hmm. That that shows that they're involved and it gets you it gets it just pumps you up. That's yeah. what, that's what we're here for. That's what the business is all about. So, excuse me, a kid. Uh, I like the fact that every time a kid kicks, he shows damage and grimaces on his face and limps. I thought that was really good. Um, he goes for the, uh, for the, uh, uh, for a bridge off a suplex, but can only do it with one leg. So it doesn't work. Um, I wrote, this is a technical and hard hitting masterpiece. And of course, right after I wrote that, the crowd starts chanting, this is awesome. So yeah, I'm on the same page as everybody else. Uh, I had the same thing happened to me one time I was listening to Randy Orton and I said, that man has voices in his head. And then, <laughs> that's what JBL said exactly right after I said that. But uh, nice. Um, I miss <laughs> J- I, I want to say this real quick. I know we're in the middle of a match, but I just want to say that I miss JBL on commentary like you wouldn't believe. He, I, I, I don't care about the whole uh, Morrow thing. I think it might have been blown a little bit out of proportion. Um, but he the way he he takes the business so seriously and the way he commentates and his insight into matches and the way he gets fired up and excited when a match is good is infectious 
and um I wish he would uh I wish he would do more commentary, but um that is what it is. I that's not my decision to make. Um, that was awesome, Dr. Bob. I appreciate that. I'm gonna go ahead and, and also concur with yes. everything because uh, uh J, 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 John Bradshaw Layfield, JBL, he did such chemistry. And he brought everybody's uh, uh, motivations up towards the boss, Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah. He brought everybody's focus towards the uh-huh. boss. You don't, you don't, you don't cross the boss. And he's the <laughs> one that gave me my billions. And you don't cross the boss. And that's when I learned, and, you know, my my uh, what did you call it? They they have a um, in the military. You have your 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 uh, um, your 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 levels of 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 your. Of your of your of your ranking of your ranking yeah yeah, yeah. higher your rank, ups your rank your uh, yeah, exactly uh, yeah yeah you don't you cross stand? the you don't cross the co no no not at all yeah no no uh, or the xo or you know your first sergeant <laughs> there you go so so jbl was bad he used to teach or, me all that stuff yeah, as yeah. a younger kid um so uh. Uh, right after the This Is Awesome chance, uh, Dragonoff tries for a senton off the, t- off the top rope and misses. Uh, then A-Kid does a move, get, comes off the top rope. Instead, uh, gets uh, Dragonoff in a, a sleeper. Um, but the, the, they end up getting out of it. Uh, there's, a, there's a point where Dragonoff, or where A-Kid is in the corner. And Dragonoff's running towards him and eats a super stiff boot to the throat. I don't know if you saw that or not, but it was vicious. Like, like he just, the A-Kid lifted up his leg and it just, boom, right into Dragonoff's throat. Um, I got, I got, I wrote down when Dragonoff likes to hit the back of the neck mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. He slaps that back of the neck. That's one of his moves. Yep. Um, A-Kid does great selling his leg. Uh, they do another superplex. Um the crowd starts chanting NXT. Then they chant, this is awesome again. Um, there's uh, quite a few, fo- there's a series of false finishes. The Dragonoff kicks out and into the triangle. Um, and then, uh, uh, yeah, Dragonoff kicks out. A-Kid puts on the triangle. Uh, Dragonoff tries to powerbomb him, but A-Kid holds on. Um, finally, uh, uh, Dragonoff gets a torpedo Moscow to the leg of uh a kid and then uh does a regular torpedo moscow and gets the win so it took two of Dragonoff's finishers to put away a kid uh, um so that was that was pretty impressive and uh and still uh your nxt uk champion Ilya Dragonoff. um this one exceeded the hype for me i wrote down what a match and uh, then they have a handshake and respect at the end. So uh, all, right. the, all do, in all, handshake at the end. yeah, a really good babyface versus babyface match. Uh, very technical, very hard hitting, very intense. Um, what were your thoughts? Uh, the the name that I was thinking a second ago that came up with uh, it was the chain of command. You don't cross your chain of command. Yes, that was the word I was coming up with. And uh, these two these two guys are starting to transcend the brand mm-hmm. from NXT UK and it's fast. It's, it's hauling, butt. it's going straight into the other brands. Oh, it's yeah. like bleeding through. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to have, you're going to have the NXT UK championship match at, um, at mania. 
I mean, we'll see. Uh, that would yeah. that would be a fantastic match. I mean, uh, Dragunov. I, mean, I think Dragunov deserves to be a man. The man's had three of my favorite matches that, so far this year. Uh, the, the it transcends, Doctor Bob. Yeah, the it first transcends. one. We're the, going through the NXT 2.0. We're going through all the way to SmackDown. The, these guys, they're not going to stick around NXT UK at the London BT Studios. They're taking flights and they're going to be off in all the divisions pretty soon. Yeah, um, I mean, I wouldn't mind. Here's my problem, though. I would love to see that. The only problem I have is, are the are the powers that be on the other brands going to understand these guys, understand the way they work, and let them do their thing, or are they going to try and change them? Also, how bad is everybody else on the other brands going to look when Dragonoff comes in and has a teardown classic with one of these guys especially if he goes to uk or let's say they go to smackdown and then you know the next match is a uh, um like a gimmicky match or something you you, you see what i'm saying like the street profits mm. versus war raiders like i'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the street profits or the war raiders but you compare the way that those those two teams work in the ring to the way like pretty deadly and gallus work in the ring and it's it, it, there's there's a glaring difference between which one looks more like a fight and more like professional wrestling and which one looks more like a gymnastics routine so that that, that would be it, my I, concern. I still think it i still think it transcends and i hope that what you call it that these that these gentlemen can um find a way to get to the karen crosses yeah and get to the I get to the Damian priests. Yeah, I think I think Dragonoff versus uh versus Cross would be a really good match. And yes. then then you turn around, you're like, well, A Kid versus Damian Priest would be a really good match. You know, TikTok, TikTok. I'd like to see Pretty Deadly versus the Usos myself. I think that would be a fantastic match. Oh yes, of course. To see to see the NXT UK champions battling against. The Usos is the dream match. Yep. Um, but I was trying to I was trying to see if there was any any way that it transcends and it does. I think it does. I think the the title is that good right now. Yeah. I mean I, I agree with you. Um I don't know if you know I have a lot of doubts, but I don't they're my doubts are all in other people. They don't lie in the talent of the NXT UK brand. Oh, okay. You see what I'm saying? My da- right. my doubts are all with creative and the backstage stuff at on the main roster and currently on NXT 2.0 right now. Um, so, but did he get, but I so I don't doubt the guys from the roster. Uh, but that was NXT, um, and next week we're going to get another um, a brand new episode with fans. That that'll be two be days amazing. away. Yeah, they got all kinds, of, all kinds of good matches that are going to be on this next week. It's mm-hmm. going to be a couple of days away. Yep. And then apparently in about two to three weeks, we are I think we might be getting an NXT UK takeover. Yes! Because that's what Scala seemed to uh, be hinting towards uh, when he was like, oh, well, in three weeks we're going to have a bunch of big matches. And I was like... They they're gonna have they they have to have a takeover pretty soon if they're gonna let people into uh, sporting events again then you've got to let people into uh, you've got to be able to book something for a wrestling show um, right so that that would be fantastic I do have to say though um, 
well, maybe I'll just go ahead and get the uh, the Zoom thing, and we'll do it. Because uh, I promised uh, RN, you know, from Smack Raw podcast. Yeah, yeah, I've, RN's great. Yeah, I, I him promised him Aaron. I'd bring him in when they have the next NXT UK pay-per-view because awesome. he's a he's a huge nxt uk fan so uh that's gonna be cool i promised him RN, that uh, we'd have him buddy on of mine. yeah that, that i would like the dynamic that day he doesn't take no f and f's and s so um <laughs> yeah, we'll see when that goes i think it'll be fun i think if we stick to nxt uk and and just talk about that i think we'll have a we'll have a really good time so um what about and, what about what about Ilya Dragunov? uh Getting out of that, uh, that what do we call it? That, that uh, what is it? Hell's Gate. And getting yes. out of the Hell's Gate and then mm-hmm. picking up a kid for the double slam. Yep, yep. That's but then a kid right put it right back on him. Did you notice that? He oh, had, yeah. The, then, yeah. He he slammed him and a kid held on to it the whole way. Uh, yep. just fantastic stuff. That that was such a good match. Like I've I went yep. back and rewatched it pretty much as soon as it was over. I watched it a second time. Um, kind of like I did with the uh, um, the Jenny Amelia uh, uh, McKenzie match. Like I watched that one like three or four times. Like, it's such a good match. Um, speaking of good matches, if you didn't watch Raw this week, uh, you uh, Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair tore the house down. I'd say probably one of the best women's matches and up there with one of the best main roster matches of the year. That was just, God, that was a good match. <laughs> did, they, did they have a good response from the fans? I hope that they were okay to, to the queen. Oh, no, they did. They did. Like, cause everybody kept showing, cause I don't listen to raw. I usually I'm listening to music and I just watch it because uh, the main roster promos bother me. They're always so scripted and I'm just like, whatever. I don't care about that. I just want to see good wrestling. So, um, but yeah, like they kept showing the fans and for some of the false finishes, like it was almost like when Undertaker got beat or something, you know what I mean? Like people were just like, Oh my God. And Bianca did a great job of selling it. I was, I, I was thoroughly impressed, um, with that match. Yeah. Ever um, since they got the women's division, when they started it with Charlotte Flair, mm-hmm. I was waiting for it to blossom into, uh, something that's really brutal and what it's become is something like you can yeah. watch a good uh two ladies wrestle now and it doesn't seem like i'm watching women's wrestling no it's yeah. like these two wrestlers are in there and they're going at it yeah and it then doesn't it, it's a, got a little storyline to it and then like oh my god it's not bad because you watch the ending and they it's pretty brutal they're tight it doesn't look like women's wrestling anymore to use that that term that you know i mean cuz you grew yep. you and i grew up in a uh, in a time when they didn't really let women wrestle or uh, yep. there wasn't a whole i mean there were i'm not saying that there weren't talented women wrestlers because obviously we know that that is the case there were a ton of them but they weren't all in the same company at the same time you know what i mean even then women's wrestling didn't have the popularity it did so that like there were only a handful of women's wrestlers even really out there working on a regular basis, um, so it's uh, it's so great now to see them and uh, be like, not just say that that was a good women's match. That was just a good match, men or women. Um, so I yeah. think uh, yeah, they, when they when they when they don't they don't leave their seats to go to the concession stands because I heard I heard on Twitter that for the um for the Alexa Bliss segment 
Yeah. That people were actually walking out already because it was oh, the that's, that, that was, Monday Night Raw. Oh no, that was uh that 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 was a lie. That oh, yeah? wasn't true. Yeah, that Good. that was not true at all. That was Dave Meltzer. Uh, it was it was Dave Meltzer, or Brian Alvarez, one of the two. You can't really trust those guys, man. They they <laughs> they say shit. Well, they say shit all the time, and then the next day it's completely disproven, and they don't say anything about like, oh, I was wrong, or you know, I guess I was mistaken, or uh, my sources. Well, then, well, then I I do remember the tweet back from Alexa Bliss. It was like, you guys are effing lying. That didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway. Getting in, we got to get in the TARDIS, get in the TARDIS, and uh, and head back to October 11th, and then we'll go to October 18th, 1986, for World go, Championship Wrestling. This is going to be amazing. We're going backwards. Um, oh, this is your line, Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob, we don't have enough uh, road to get up to 85. <laughs> roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> But um, <laughs> this is uh, um, so yeah. We go. Um, uh, the show opens up uh, with uh, Dick Mur- Murdoch doing a promo. Uh, he uh, at one point he's like, "I got Rolexes." <laughs> you know, he's yeah, wearing a Rolex. I saw, I saw this. I saw this starting up, and then I'm like, "Okay, I don't know who this person is, but I know it's not Ric Flair." Yeah. Um, oh yeah, because he had the wig on. He came out in the wig and the sunglasses. And the uh, uh, the cheap, <laughs> but um, <coughs> so yeah, he's like, I got Rolexes. I wear tennis shoes because I like them. I wear jeans because I like them. I drive my old truck because I like to. And then he pulls out uh, his his I, pouch I of tobacco. What was that? I wrote down right here. I wrote down right here. He says, "I have the dog, Rick, because <laughs> I love the dog." My old my old three legged my three legged dog. Um. Uh, so yeah, then he pulls out the chew of tobacco and he's like, I chew tobacco cause I like it. And then he puts a big wad of chew in his mouth. Um, and then they cut out and then, and then he uses, he uses a scumbag word. And that's, that's one of those old fashioned, uh, terminologies we don't, we don't hear very often. Yeah. A guy calls you that and yeah. you and the rest of your scumbag friends. Mm-hmm. So, uh. Then we go, we leave that promo and we go to footage, uh, or they, they talk about, uh, Manny Fernandez took the money. He joined Paul Jones army. Um, then we get a, uh, a Jim Cornette promo where he talks about, uh, oh, he that hopes was, that was, that was brutal too, to watch Paul Jones, uh, be able to get Jimmy Fernandez to, to, to take the money. Manny, Manny Fernandez, Manny, Manny Fernandez, the, the bull, the charging yeah. bull. Yeah. The the he he serves up the burrito. Mm-hmm. Yep, the flying oh, burrito. He serves up the flying burrito, and he. Oh my God, we'll get into this in a little bit later, yeah. Warriors. Yeah, because they show the really, footage. He really breaks the heart of of um, of Jimmy Fallon. So um, then we get uh, we get a Jim Cornette promo before the midnight come out, and he says that he hopes Robert Gibson gets good real soon because we miss beating you up. <laughs> That was great. Uh, we get the Midnight Express versus Art Prince and somebody else. I didn't catch the name. Uh, Teddy Long's the referee. Um, really, a lot of the matches in these two episodes were so short. I didn't get a lot of notes on them. Uh, we uh, I, there was a I, great. I, I wrote line. down. I got right down. Did you hear that hammer fist to the back? Uh-uh. It's a. 
It's right there when, when they first start the, the first match. I think yep. uh, one of the guys, the camera's right there. So you hear that that fist, that hammer fist in the back, that old style one where oh, it yeah. really, really connects. That was probably <laughs> that was probably Dennis Condry, I would imagine. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then uh, uh, Jim Cornette says, hey, Tony, Kmart called. Your suit's ready, which I thought was yep. pretty good. Um, I, I got that written down. He says, K- he says, don't I look bright today, you guys? Kmart called. Your suit's ready. <laughs> So oh, did uh, you f- yeah, we get the uh, we get the rocket launcher and uh, Midnight Express get the win. Uh, then we get uh, Dusty comes out for a promo and they show a film of uh, Sam Houston and Buddy Landell. This is good because I think th- I think this was on Dustin Ro- Dusty Rhodes' birthday. Yes, yes, because they uh, um, after the film and everything, where uh, basically what happens is uh, Sam Houston and Buddy Landell are going at it. And then for some reason, Bulldog Bob Brown comes in and starts beating up on Sam Houston. And Dusty ends up beating up uh, Bob Brown and giving him a pile driver. But then when they come back, Dusty's like, Dusty's like it's my birthday. And the crowd starts singing to him and interrupting his promo. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. He said, did you see those two little feet? The cameras didn't get a chance to catch it right there. But in the bottom left-hand side of your screen right there, you see Buddy Landell's tiny little feet come up in the air. And that's the end. <laughs> that's the end right there. That's the end of Buddy Landell for good. And, and, all of my, and all of my emotions, all my excitement, I forgot to say that. Today is my birthday today. <laughs> it's my birthday. And then they start then, singing to him. It's like, I love y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. He's all saying. The black, and, um, the white, the brown, the yellow. I, I love it. I love it. I love you all. I love you all so much. Happy birthday to me. And he couldn't even finish his program. Yeah. He was just so elated. <laughs> so uh, we uh, we get that. They oh, then, to- then after that, I get, a, I get a really good Capital One commercial with Samuel L. Jackson. And he <laughs> wants to know, what's in your wallet? <laughs> I'll tell you what's not, what's not in my wallet. Capital One. Uh, okay. We uh, um, so we get a commercial, and uh, then they come back, and uh, we get Tully and JJ there at the podium doing a promo, and they show um, uh, the rest of the film from the opening with Dick Murdoch, and Rick comes out, uh, cuts a little bit of a promo on Murdoch, challenges him to a fight. They get in the ring, and then they Pearl Pearl Harbor job him. Uh, uh, and the have, rest of the horsemen a, come up and take him from behind. I have a bit when Rick when when Rick Rude, sorry, when Rick Rude comes out, he's wearing a nice Dr. Bob purple and uh, sequenced robe, and he mm-hmm. has tiger striped tights that are uh, neon purple and yeah. dark black. So uh-huh. the guys from the old school wrestling review, they have this game where they play where they guess what bar ravishy rick rude would be okay and so then you, you look up online you look up tiger stripe candy bars and it comes with a bunch of them and all it did it come up for me was a couple of, of swirly sweets <laughs> purple okay. purple purple and white swirly sweets okay i mean we're like that's like uh probably 20 minutes ahead of where we're at in the show but Oh, darn, darn it. I thought we're, we were recruiting this No, tights. we're talking about the uh, J.J. and Tully are delivering the, pro, the promo at the podium. Um, right on. You lost in the, somebody done took out the noodles, and you're just lost in the sauce blowout, man. Lost in the sauce? <laughs> lost in the woods. Yeah. Woo! So uh, um, 
Yeah, we get the film, the rest of the film from the opening where Dick Murdoch was talking about Ric Flair and his scumbag friends, and then Ric Flair comes out and challenges uh, Dick Murdoch. So he gets in the ring, and then uh, uh, the rest of the four horsemen end up giving Dick Murdoch a Pearl Harbor job. And uh, Dusty ends up coming in and saving him or something. I, f- I forget what happened. Yeah, I think I Dusty sent, did come in and save him. And Tully's talking that, about him sneaking up from picture, behind. I sent you that picture of Rick uh, pointing at, Dust, at Dick Murdoch. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I got that. I saw that. He was pointing at Dick Murdoch, and that's when they were getting ready to uh, go in the ring and go at it. But then the four horsemen just jumped him, and, and it got bad. Oh, yeah. But I liked when uh, uh, Tully talking about Dusty Rhodes just sneaks up on people from behind, just like you snuck up on Bulldog Bob Brown and you snuck up on me, and you're always sneaking up on people from behind, like the Four Horsemen don't do that all the time. Um, anyway. Yeah, uh, those guys were funny. They, they look really collegious. We, so we go to a uh, commercial break. We come back. We get uh, Ivan Koloff, uh, who is one half of the U.S. Tag Team Champions, uh, he delivers a promo uh, talking about how the Russians have all the U.S. gold. And then he's like, well, who did you beat? And then he lists off who they beat and says that they want the world title next. Um, next, we get a uh, match with Brad Armstrong versus uh, Randy Barber. Armstrong wins with a Russian leg sweep. Uh, then Ronnie Garvin. <laughs> <laughs> Quick matches, but really high impact moves. Oh, yeah. Then we get uh, Ronnie Garvin delivers a promo. He's the, currently the Mid-Atlantic champion, and he said that he's coming for uh, the world championship next. Uh, then we get uh, Tim Horner versus Bill Tabb. Tim Horner wins, of course. Then we get a commercial. Then we get Ravishing Rick Rude versus Lee Peak. Ravishing Rick Lee Rude, Peak. of course, has Paul Jones with him. I thought it was funny. Um Rick Rude's using the Rude Awakening, but here it's a DDT. I always remember the Rude Awakening being uh, that neckbreaker from the WWF. Maybe he changed it at some point because... Oh, no, you're you're right. The Rude Awakening used to be uh, from, from behind the neck. So mm-hmm. if if it was a DDT, I, I didn't catch that. Then you're, you're absolutely right. He did. He changed up his Rude Awakening. Tony yep. Schiavone called it the Rude Awakening. So... Um... But then we get a promo with Paul Jones and Rick Rude. Um, and Rick Rude basically says it doesn't matter a whole bunch. So I guess it doesn't matter. I, I did. I like I like the it doesn't matters. I think I, I wrote it down right here. I wrote it doesn't matter. <laughs> and then I wrote great, great promo. Yeah. And then after this, we got a real cool move from Tim Hornor. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that was... Oh, I might be confused. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so then we go yeah. to... It doesn't matter. <laughs> then we go to film of uh, Manny Fernandez turning on Jimmy Valiant. Here we and, go. This uh, is the bread and butter of the show right here. Warriors. And then uh, uh, we got Paul Jones. He lays the suitcase at Manny Fernandez's feet. Manny looks at the money, picks up the suitcase, and then acts like he's not going to. But then he shakes Paul Jones' hand, takes the money, and hits Jimmy Valiant with the suitcase. So And then uh, it's... And then you hear the, you hear the, um, I think you hear Paul Jones giving the commentating in the background. You hear, I hate got no money. <laughs> so, Sad and lonely. Uh, Sad and lonely. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Manny Fernandez fully in Paul Jones's army. Uh, then we get uh, Tully versus T- uh, Tony Zane. But uh, before the match even starts, JJ attacks poor Tony Zane. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was him... cool. I wrote that down. Um, and, I wrote uh, that gives down. Him the slam. That's awesome. I'd Scoop like to see. Uh, yeah, and then the the announcer gives some credibility. Says, "Well, um, Jim Crockett used to be a great wrestler back in his day." Yeah, JJ Dillon was a wrestler. JJ Dillon was a yeah. great wrestler for a long time. So, and I like, I like how he, he he egged him in. He egged him in to do it. So he's like, "Go ahead, slug me." Come on, slug me. And yep. then he ducks and he, he picks him up for that slam. Mm-hmm. I, so, I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm actually good at that one. Um, I had a smaller wrestling partner at wrestling school. Yeah. Give me the, 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 what should we call it? The, ah, the choke hold. Okay. No, the, he had me in the neck hold and then I had him on the side and I lifted him up in the air and I placed him back on his back. Mm-hmm. And then you see that, you see that same move in uh, the man on the moon with Andy Kaufman and Jim Carrey mm-hmm. when he picks up Andy Kaufman out of the headlock. Yeah. And, he, and he gives him that big slow motion like back drop on his mm-hmm. back. Yeah. And then after you drop them on their back, you have to look at them to see if they if they're okay. And then mm-hmm. they look at you and they say okay. And then they roll on. And then I see that actually in the movie too, in the Man of the Moon with Jerry the King Lawler when he drops Jim uh, Carrie on his back. He gives him that look too. And I've always remembered that when I do that. Nice. Um. Yep. So uh, after the. Uh... Tully Blanchard beats up Tony Zane a little bit and gets the win. Uh, we get uh, Tim Horner does a promo. And then uh, um, we go to break, come back. Uh, uh, Raging Bull Manny Fernandez has a match. And uh, <clears throat> Ronnie Garvin comes out uh, to the podium during the match and then confronts Manny after the match. But uh, Rude comes up from behind and uh, they leave Garvin laying on the floor. And that's the end of the ma- That's the end of the episode. Yeah, it was awesome. There's a lot of action that happened so fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, for 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 everybody listening and the 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 people that are going to come back and actually watch the show for themselves and get a chance to get into it. Um, some of these promos that we're watching that we don't get a chance to, to look at. Take a look at their their their, their headwear. They all mm-hmm. have their cool glasses on. Mm-hmm. They all got their hair styled right. They got their mustaches and their beards set strong. All brand new, customized, like, um, what do you call it? baseball jerseys you mm-hmm. wear? Like baseball jackets. So it's a fun and visual experience to watch. It's almost like you're getting ready for Starcade every yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Well, we're on the road to Starcade, actually, because in the next episode. Now, this episode's a little weird. Uh, let me give you a little background here. This is October 18th, okay. 1986. Yeah, let's let's hear a little bit on why we picked a couple of these days, Doctor um, Bob. Well, this is, of course, I've you know this is just the next two episodes. Uh, it's kind of funny today's what October nineteenth, right? Yeah, we, yeah. we we were back in time one day. Um, so uh, we uh, um, on Magnum TA had his car accident that ended his wrestling career on October fourteenth, nineteen eighty six. So he filmed this television show before the accident, obviously, because he's on the show. But this might be his last appearance on television as an active wrestler ever. So I thought that was that that was interesting. It's it's weird thinking about it now because it aired on the 18th and of course everybody had heard you know magnum had a car accident he was he was paralyzed on the whole right half of his body for like months after the accident um so it wasn't like you know he just got you know he had a couple of you know broken limbs or something like he had severe 
severe nerve damage. Um, so, uh, and it, of course, it ended his wrestling career, which sucks because you're just the last few episodes that you've watched, you can see like Magnum was going to the top. He was he was on trajectory to be the next top babyface in the in world class wrestling world championship wrestling in the the national wrestling alliance like he was probably going to beat rick flair for the title at some point within the next year from from this and so it's just and he had everything he had the look he had the promo ability you know that he meant it he could have a short match he could have a long match uh, he just he had everything you need to be a top baby face and just it's just so it makes me so sad and so pissed off that we never got to see him reach his full potential so yeah. i just wanted to preface this whole episode by saying that because it's kind of uh it gets a little hard at some some points during this it is it's difficult to uh to see our legends in their prime mm-hmm. and um you know the, the the coolest thing the coolest thing is is that you know we're going to be able to acknowledge them today yep. and get them as fired up as it was the day it happened so anyway let's yeah. continue with world championship wrestling from october 18th 1986 uh we opened up with dusty getting attacked in the ring by arn ollie and tully uh, then we get a, um, and we get the intro to the show. Sponsored by the awesome. NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance. <laughs> I love that, dude. Every time I hear that music, it transports ba- me back to sitting on the floor in kindergarten or first grade in front of the television, just watching it, just being like, oh, because I've, I've loved, loved wrestling. Ever since I was a little lucky. kid, and so lucky. And then the fans, all the fans were just having it. Yeah, this is it's it's like pandemonium mm-hmm. plus. And then it, and then it freezes for a second, and then it shows like world, uh, world championship wrestling, national wrestling alliance. It's got all these shots of everybody doing big old heavy uh, mm-hmm. moves, uh, drop kicks from the Rock and Roll Express, and then you got um, you know, I like the reverse uh, snap whip to the ropes i like yeah. when when a guy can reverse it yeah it's pretty fun you see because you, you think you're gonna go for the ride but then it's like nope you're going for the ride <laughs> so um, and then all of a sudden i wanted to let let all the warriors know the two announcers here are the tony giovanni and then uh, apparently david crockett yeah dave, dave david crockett who was the brother yeah of Jim Crockett, who is the owner of the Mid-Atlantic, Jim Crockett Promotions, obviously Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, and is the guy who put on, basically was the the biggest territory in the uh, National Wrestling Alliance at this point, because a lot of the other territories were starting to age out. Um, you know what I mean? Like their top stars were getting older, and they couldn't really like go anymore, make money. Um so that's how kind of like what started happening is, is, uh, uh, you know, Jim, Jim, Jim Crockett started buying up other people's promotions because they weren't really viable promotions anymore. The guys were looking to get rid of them. So instead of selling to Vince, they sold to Jim Crockett. The only problem is, cool. is Jim Crockett never expanded his actual business. Like he still 
like literally the Jim Crockett Promotions office for up until the day that they went belly, well, not went belly up, but sold to uh, Turner was in an uh, an old gas station. <laughs> you oh, know funny. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it was in a yeah. uh, a former gas station. That was their office building. You know, so uh, they never got, never went completely corporate. And I think that that is a large part of their downfall because they uh, uh, they didn't have the infrastructure to uh, to handle all the business they were doing. Um, wow, but they had the talent, though. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they certainly but had they the had talent. they had they had all of the names. Mm-hmm. They had everybody. They had they had they had the the claw. So, uh, oh yeah, and we'll get to we'll get to Baron von Raschke later. Uh, right yeah. now. Uh, we get the intro, uh, then, the, uh, you know, of course, you know, Tony and Dave uh, Crockett are talking about Starcade 86 is coming up, and they already have the first match that's been put on the uh, on the board for it. Uh, then, th- this is what was hard for me, is Magnum PA is delivering a promo, and he's talking about Jimmy Garvin, and how he'll get Jimmy Garvin on his own time, he doesn't want to worry about that, but the, he wants Nikita. He wants Nikita, whether it's a U, America versus Russia match for the U.S. championship. He doesn't care. He wants Nikita at Starcade in 86. And, Just to hear Magnum say USSR Warriors is worth watching this episode. But I was like, and that's when it hit me, I was like, this is probably Magnum TA's last promo as a wrestler. Like, Last one on television, certainly. It had to be. So it's a, it's historic. We're yeah. watching the real final final uh, chapter sure. in a in a man's in a man's career right here. Warriors. Yeah, and we're gonna. But this is how you, this is how he goes out. Magnum TA says, USSR. He's got America versus Russian. Excellent. So um, then we get a uh, uh, Ole and Arn Anderson versus. I didn't even get a chance to write them down because this match was over before I could write anything down about it. <laughs> I, I wrote down wrote... Tony Schiavone. I wrote down Tony Schiavone says, we never know what's going on around here. <laughs> well, that's kind of true. He always says that. That's when you get a lot of times when you hear the, oh, my God, uh, <laughs> episodes of, oh, my God, on WWE. Those yeah. are funny to watch. So uh, then we get uh, JJ and Tully. Tully's on crutches, delivering a promo. And we get film of Dusty breaking Tully's leg. First, uh, the uh, JJ introduces a chair into the ring. Dusty this gets awesome. the chair. I liked. I like. I watched this a couple times. How they explained all of it, mm-hmm. and then, uh, and then from 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 my point of view, I was remembering. Uh, the olden days when the ultimate warrior, they, they couldn't get him off of somebody one time. I forgot mm-hmm. who it was. And then it was like, they needed everybody to come out and get him off him, but they couldn't. And then they finally get all, all on him. And then the ultimate warrior throws them all off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this was one of those things. Um, Dusty wasn't going to let go of the leg of the rope. No. And then no. he kept on grabbing up higher. <laughs> and then he kept on grabbing another higher. Yep. And then he kept on pulling. And then as soon as another guy would come in to try and to try and stop him, it was like a, a Three Stooges episode. They just kept falling out oh, of yeah, the he ring. He kept pulling him out of the even, ring. Yeah, let, me, let, let, me, let me explain how we got there real quick. Um, yes, of course. Because what Blowout Man's talking about is actually pretty damn hilarious. But let's tell you how we got there. First, uh, the, the chair's <laughs> introduced. Dusty gets a hold of the chair and just beats the crap out of Tully's leg with the chair to the point where the chair, like, bends. Almost in half, like it was that chair was bent. Um, 
the uh, uh, then Dusty puts the figure four on Tully and starts cranking his leg. Well, Dusty's up against the ropes and he's holding the ropes, and people keep coming in trying to get Dusty off the ropes, and he would just grab him by the shirt and just yank him out of the ring between the top and second rope. And he did it to like six people or something in a row. So. Poor, 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 um, poor, uh, Tolly Blatchard. So, poor Tolly um, Blatchard, he's taking the figure four. And then they, they even said that this, uh, this hold was even, um, outlawed in this part of the country. Well, no, no. JJ says it should be outlawed. Oh, it should be outlawed yeah. in this part of the country. And that he's putting the most devastating hold on, on Tully. And now look at his leg. Look at his leg. Look at his leg. He <laughs> put an emphasis on his little cast and crutch. So uh, uh, finally, the Midnight Express tries to come out to help Tully, but they get thrown out of the ring. Uh, right? Magnum, at one point, Magnum's holding the ring, and it's hard to tell whether Magnum's trying to get Tully, trying to get Dusty to stop, or whether he's just helping Dusty. But then... They get rid of the figure four, and Magnum holds the leg for Dusty while he comes off the top rope onto Tully's leg twice. And um, I wrote down, this is the exact same way that Tully Blanchard broke Dusty Rhodes' legs at the end of 1985. The exact same way, yes. They they caused a riot? This is exactly what happened. The horseman, Tully, came out. It was a... um, I think it might have been a uh, um, the Andersons, uh, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew with Ric Flair in a three-man match against uh, Dusty. And Tully came out and hit Dusty with a chair and then hit Dusty in the leg with a chair. And then uh, they held Dusty's leg while Ric Flair uh, dove off the top rope onto the leg. So, yeah, it was, the, uh, um, it was, it, it, it was eerily similar. Um, so, uh, so so funny that we have so much uh, dusty roads in this episode. But um, yeah, seriously. Uh, so then we get, but then JJ is like, "Well, nobody else can go, so I will be in the cage." So we're going to get JJ Dillon. The whoever's going to be at those shows is going to get Dusty Rhodes versus JJ Dillon in a steel cage match. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to be there. Um, so uh, then we get Ron Garvin versus the Grim Reaper. And yes, uh, the Grim Reaper did come out in a full head to toe with a mask, black suit with uh, white on the front of it and white gloves and a Grim Reaper um, little uh, 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 cape thing. Um, so Ron Garvin I takes think, care of the Grim I Reaper. Think we might, I, I think we might see the Grim Reaper make a return here at Ohana Wrestling Federation one day, Warriors. <laughs> so, um, well, let me know when he does, because that's got to be an uncomfortably hot outfit <laughs> from head to toe, all the way from your, uh, from your wrists to your ankles covered in uh, spandex. And then with gloves and boots and a helmet on, and, and a uh, not a helmet and a mask. Oof. That's gonna be fun. I, so, I can't uh, wait. I, so, I'm seriously like beside myself. But uh, Ron Garvin takes care of the Grim Reaper, and then Wahoo McDaniel's has a match, and he takes care of his guy pretty quickly. I didn't even get his guy's name. He's got a stiff slap. Oh yeah, that uh, his his chops. 
his chops are world renowned. They're kind of like, well, I mean, that's his fit, not really his finishing move. I'm sure he has other finishing moves, but in in uh, uh, usually in squash matches, that's what he uses to get the pin on the guy is the big the big wahoo chops. Yeah, um, I, I I'd like I wanted to put a couple faces to names. I think uh, Chief Wahoo McDaniel's is one of them. Uh, another name I wanted to put to a face, but that's. Oh, here he is, Chief Wahoo McDaniel. So, yeah, I got him right here. Yeah. Um, so then we get a uh, promo with Paul Jones, Rick Rude, Manny Fernandez, and Shaska is also out there. Uh, Wahoo comes up to confront them at the podium, and they beat Wahoo down. Um, I think he gets one good stiff chop in on maybe uh, Paul Jones. But then um, they oh, beat I, him I down. A, a, a really, a really cute... A uh, quote here from my beautiful wife, Jessica. She says that it looked like a wrestling pasta and Ric Flair was the cherry on top. <laughs> okay. I like that. Nice. Um, so then, uh, of course, they're beating Wahoo down in the ring. and But Garvin, Magnum, and Brad Armstrong come in and make the save. So they run off the uh, the evil Paul Jones army. And then we go to break. Paul Jones' army, though, isn't quite as tight as a, as as a real army. Yes, they're, well, they like to they like to get blown up all over each other a lot of times. Let's let's uh, let's hold off on talk about Paul Jones' army till the uh, the the main okay. event here because all uh, right we get we get some storyline stuff. Yeah, so we yeah. get um, Rick Pro, uh, Rick Flair promo in which he talks about his upcoming matches and uh, kind of lists off the towns. And kind of lists off who some of his challengers are going to be or might be at Starcade. Basically, just lists off pretty much all of the baby faces in Nikita. Um, then we get uh, Ivan Koloff versus uh, Mike uh, Samani, in which Ivan Koloff uh, uses the Cobra Clutch to put Mike Samani away in pretty quick time. We uh, get a uh, break. And then we come back, and it's uh, we get there's Jim Crockett Jr. and he talks about how Greensboro, North Carolina, is going to be one of the two uh, places that they're going to have Starcade this year. Um, cool. And uh, then that's we a go, good spot to have. The, that's a good spot to have a show. Then we go to the Jimmy Valiant film. Um, do you want to run everybody through this, or do you want me to go through it? Yeah, I, I can start it off. Okay. You got you got a nice uh, base we could use. <laughs> no, not really. I just want to let all you all know how bad I feel right now. <laughs> Jimmy Valley, your boogie woogie man just lost his best friend, but it doesn't end there. We were in Nam together. Side note, Jimmy Valiant so was never in Vietnam. I'm hurt so bad. And then he pulls out a harmonica and hits that nice harmonica with that deep shot. You missed it. He said, he said, you, Paul Jones, you scarred my soul for life. Oh, I remember. I remember that. Yeah. You're very, very true. You're very right, Dr. Bob, because Paul Jones very much did. 
And then, uh, but then uh, here comes the station wagon. And I didn't notice this till the end because the lighting was so bad. Well, like the lighting wasn't bad. It was natural lighting. You can't always get the shot you want, I guess. But uh, the, a station wagon pulls up, a black station wagon with flames coming up the front of it. Ooh, um, yeah. And uh, out comes Big Mama. And she starts trying to fire up J- Jimmy Valiant. And she says... Big Mama, I've put my hair up. So if it's going to be Big Mama's hair versus Paul Jones's hair. And uh, then uh, he said, uh, Jimmy Valiant starts firing up and he's like, finally, Paul Jones, you're going to be a bald headed geek. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I like that. It made made him feel good to say that. That's the new way. That's the new phrase in, in, uh, in the um, world, in the, National Wrestling Alliance is the is oh, this, the bald headed geek. This thing has this thing between Paul Jones and uh, Jimmy Valiant for the hair has been going on since um, early in '86 because they had a hair versus hair match that Jimmy Valiant lost at the Great American Bash in July of '86. I know I, they did they did the flashback. Yeah, that so, was brutal. Yeah. I didn't like to see. Um, the boogie woogie man loses hair. It looks like he really liked his hair. Oh yeah, well he did a great job of selling that hair loss, man. It was it was just fantastic. He he really really milked it. Um, that was actually a pretty cool match. Um, not in that it was a great working match, but the way they worked with the gimmicks. Um, and so if you get a chance to go back and watch Great American Bash '86. Okay, I'll write it down on top of my note right here. Great American Bash '86. Well, that's a yeah. It's a that's actually from top to bottom. It's a great card. Um, I think Magnum TA and Nikita Koloff have a uh, um, have a really good match in that one. Um, yeah. I can't remember what Mag- the other matches Magnum, were. Um, Magnum really like Magnum really was a, a face. He was a he was an awesome baby face. Uh, he was a huge he baby was a, face. A number one American right there. That's what all, America's all about. Is um beating up on the 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 the, the enemy back mm-hmm. then we had an enemy and it mm-hmm. was called the ussr anyway so now we yeah. uh we get a promo a response from paul jones where basically he says that's fine all uh big mama's <laughs> gonna look like a bald-headed geek too <laughs> she's gonna yeah. fall down with all that hair on her head without all that hair on her head and uh, i just it's what? It's still funny because the crowd is going to say it. The crowd is going to chant it. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be a chant. Oh, yeah. It's been a chant. Like I said, it's been a chant since before then. But um, actually, go back and watch. Yeah, I told you to go back and watch all of Great American Bash 86. I'm, I'm I've getting, got it down. I'm getting uh, sidetracked here. So we go to a break. We get back. And uh, when we get back from the break, it's uh, Shaska, Baron Von Raschke, and Rick Rude versus the Jayhawks, who are Dutch Mantel and Bobby uh, Jaggers. You remember the other day, um, last week when we were doing SummerSlam 96? I have SummerSlam 96 notes right here, Dr. Bob. Would you remember when uh, when Bradshaw comes out? uh, I think it was after one of the matches. It might have been after the first match. Uh, Yeah, and he he, he wasn't Bradshaw anymore? Yeah, well, he was was, uh, Hawk Bradshaw or whatever. And, right. Uh, yeah. He came out with with Zeb Coulter, right, and I exactly. remember I called him Dutch Mantel, and you're like, "Who is who's Dutch Mantel?" 
Dutch Mantel was one of the people in this match in 86. He was one part of the Jayhawks. Oh, heck yeah. I can't wait to see Zeb in action. So, uh, uh, Dutch Mantel, this is, uh, well, this is on the one we took notes of, but I'm sure you didn't, like, it. it's one of those things, if you didn't know to look for him and you didn't know the name Dutch Mantel, you wouldn't have had any idea it was him. Because he, it's not that he looks completely different, he's still, like, a super hairy, fucking, dirty-looking dude, but, uh, um... <laughs> but but you did know. he did he cut those really awesome promos about America back then? Well, he used to he cut great promos, but he didn't have the Zeb Coulter gimmick, so he was just cutting promo regular wrestling promos. But he's a good promo. Um, so uh, the, uh, the, the the funniest episode of the JBL and not Michael Cole show is when they were in the car with mm-hmm. um with uh. Uh, uh, shoot, I can't remember the the, the 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 lady in the back seat, but Zeb Coulter was in the front seat, mm-hmm. and I think Zeb Coulter um, uh, farted, and they were all, <laughs> "Did you just, did you just fart, Zeb?" He's like, "No, I did it. You did." I don't think it was Renee uh, Renee Young. Oh God, yeah. Um, I said, "No, I think it was you, Renee." So uh, anyway, <laughs> we got Shaska, the Baron, and Rick Rude versus the Jayhawks, yeah. Dutch Mantel, and Bobby Jaggers. And uh, Brad Armstrong in a six-man tag match. Uh, we start off, uh, the heels cheat to get the advantage, start working over Jaggers. Uh, they work him over for a while, but he gets a double knockdown, and Brad Armstrong gets a good comeback. But uh, during the comeback, Brad Armstrong's trying to pin the Baron, and Rick Rude goes to stomp, goes to make the save by stomping Brad Armstrong. He rolls out of the way. And he stomps on the Rick Rude stomps on the Baron. During the comeback, Paul Jones gets knocked off the apron. Finally, <laughs> after the win, after Brad Armstrong gets the win, the Baron turns on Paul Jones. After they have a kerfluffle for a little bit, the Baron turns on Paul Jones. Then the heels gang up on the Baron. Wahoo comes in to make the save, but ends up getting ganged up on because he's still just one baby faces. But finally, the baby faces that were in the match recover, make the save, and Baron Von Raschke turns baby face. I'm sorry, I wasn't trying. To, I just wanted to get all that out. <laughs> no, that was good. I like it when you when you get to chance to um, get all your notes out. It's it's refreshing to hear all the all that action. Yeah. And um, if you watch it, it's funny because. These guys, these guys are hitting each other with all of their might. Mm-hmm. Every every one of these moves, every one of these moves is really moving. the The whole ring is like jarring. Yeah. It's like, gar, 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 gar. well, I want to say something too because this is a uh, um, this is some this is a lost art because we see a lot of gang ups and a lot of afterbursts and like heels trying to get heat after yeah. the match, like if they lost. But they're doing this phony-looking fighting and this, these phony-looking uh, um, uh, uh, punches and kicks and stuff, and it doesn't look real at all. The stuff that these guys are doing looks real. When they're beating up on Wahoo, it looks real. When they're beating up on the Baron, it looks real. And it, it looks it looks real when they get in their face after mm-hmm. the match is over, and then it's like you didn't think that they were going to go into the ring, but then they go, "Come on, let's just go in there," and then they just yeah. jump in the ring, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they're having the match, like that like uh, that one episode we watched this last week when they they yelled at Chief Wahoo McDaniel, and yeah. right there uh, he he tells he tells um the bull, "Why did you change sides?" Yeah, 
Yep. Why did you do it? The fans want to know, and I want to know, and I'm 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 going to get in your face right now. And then uh, the bull says, "Well, get in my face. Go ahead." And they take him in the ring, and they just beat him down. Yep. And they also they use wrestling moves on him. That's another thing that we don't get when people are getting beat down in the ring is they'll give a guy a suplex or throw a guy in the rope and deliver a flying burrito or something like that. You know what I mean? Like they'll actually, they're not just going to use fake kicks and punches in, 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 you know, while a guy's on the ground, be punching the mat beside his head or anything like that. Like it's not, it's not as see-through as it is now, I guess. Um, It it, it looks more realistic. I think think the guy that wrote uh, beyond the mat, yeah, the, the the documentary. I think he I think he says it the best in the very beginning. He just says it's pro wrestling. <laughs> so um, after after Baron Baron von Raske turns babyface, uh, we get a Rock Roll Express promo, in which they pretty much just say that they're going to defend their tag belts and uh, uh, they're ready to uh, take on all comers, so on and so forth. Then we get a uh, Midnight Express squash match. And really the point of this, I think, was to show uh, Big Bubba, Big Bubba Rogers coming off the top rope for the splash on um, the poor guy who got squashed. <laughs> so, poor guy. I think that was poor guy. That was brutal. Yeah, that really was. Well, I mean, that Big Bubba Rogers, that's the big boss man. So uh, yep. anytime watched, boss man came off the, the top rope. Roll, yeah. I watched the Rock, Rock and Roll Express um promo twice yeah and uh i try to catch i try to catch what they were saying and they they have they have uh fast talking but they they have good promos they just say oh, yeah. they say we're 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 real best we're the best we're the best tag team ever and then we're we're we're, we're willing to wake up uh take on all challenges right here the force horsemen you guys just like to uh, stick from behind and get people from behind well that ain't gonna work with us because we are the world champions mm-hmm. right here Oh, yeah. Well, see, that was one of the great things about the Rock and Roll Express. Robert Gibson was never a great promo. He's, you know, he's he's basically, you know, like uh, uh, kind of He's got a, passable. He's got a Mickey Mouse sweater on. Well, no, Robert Gibson was Robert Gibson's the other guy. Robert Gibson's okay. the brunette. Ricky Morton's the guy, the the blonde in the Mickey Mouse sweater, sweatshirt. Okay. But um, Robert Gibson usually starts off or finishes the promos, usually starts them off because he's a passable promo, but he's not great. But Ricky Morton could talk his ass off and could talk this, his this, ass off as a baby face and was a hundred <laughs> miles, a hundred miles a minute and could really get himself and them over so well. Um, as a baby face, he could be funny. He could be, uh, um, he could deride the heels and call them out on their stuff. Um, it's just, which is part of the reason what got him over. I mean, th- the guy got multiple shots at Ric Flair's heavyweight championship, and you don't do that as a, you know, what is he? He's like 5'8 to 5'10. Like, Ricky Morton's the same size as me. You know what I mean? Maybe a 200 pounds, maybe. So uh, uh, you, you don't do that at, at, at 5'9, 200 pounds unless you can get people behind you and you know how to sell. And uh, that was that's the two a, things a, that Ricky Morton all, knew how to do. That's all him. Yeah. That's all him right there. I'm going I'm to write that down. That's that's a key note that I didn't have written down, that Ricky Morton was such a badass. And I wrote down that Paul Jones is a, is, is a badass, too, for some reason. I, I, I like his – I like his um, – the fact that he, they'll, go from, they'll go from a cinematic, uh, a cinematic segment. Yeah. Uh, they'll go from a cinematic uh, – what do they call it? 
they'll make a, a television a television segment real quick. Yeah. And then they'll come back from that segment and then <laughs> and then there he is, Paul Jones yelling at you, telling you, Hey, hey, get back over here because we're we're still having action right now. We're yeah. still here. <laughs> but um yeah, it's uh, it's it's good stuff. Um, another thing, well, if you're watching the uh, the Great American Bash '86, because there's two of them, there's actually two nights on film. Uh, the first night, I think, is the one that doesn't have is the first or the second night. One of the nights doesn't have any commentary on it. It's literally just the uh, the audience and the uh, uh, the action in the ring. And uh, because uh, Ric Flair, uh, Ricky Morton takes on Ric Flair in a steel cage for the U.S. championship. And that's the that's the uh, episode or that's the uh, match where Ric Flair shows up in a helicopter, like is helicoptered into the stadium that they're uh, that they're having it at. So it's it's really it's super cool. That is cool. Have you had a chance to fly in a helicopter, Dr. Bob? I have not. Um, I've wanted to, um, the past couple of times we've gone to Vegas, I've heavily considered it, but they keep having these really bad freak accidents in them. And I'm just yeah. like, I'm like, man, I don't know. Like I've, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to go up in a helicopter and have that be the last thing I ever do. <laughs> yeah. So. I guess if you have to do it because you want to, it's a different mindset, but I was in an aviation unit in the, yeah. in the military and I flew in helicopters quite a bit. I mean, well, here's the thing is I like yeah. and, and I, I, I hate to put it this way because I know the state that most avion, most uh, aviation in the military is in. And it's usually duct tape and zip ties just holding everything together <laughs> the next time it goes yeah. up and comes down. Yeah, um, I understand. I understand. But I, I, um, I would trust a uh, a trained military officer as a pilot more than I would trust just some guy who got a helicopter pilot's license. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's this. I mean, we're not talking about this. Isn't Magnum Magnum PI here? You know, mm -mm. like you can't just get in your helicopter, and yeah, fly around the island like Magnum PI. Cause that's what we actually considered when we were in Kauai. We considered doing a uh, the helicopter tour of uh, of Kauai because that's the because there's the uh, um, on Kauai there you have the Kalapaki Coast and the only way to see it is either from the ocean or from the air because there's no roads that go you know you can go you can go up the mountain and walk along the top of it but to see it from far away you have to be either in the ocean or on the air. So, uh, or on the air, on the ocean, in the air, one of those two, <laughs> you have to be somewhere. Um, uh, right. but, uh, and it's that, gorgeous. That was, that, what's that called again? That I could look at a Google earth, the Kalapaki coast. Okay. Cause they still have yeah. like, uh, like caves and stuff on this, in the side of the, uh, um, in the side of the cliffs there where like, uh, people would basically uh, carry their uh, their uh, ancestors or their uh, um, their family oh, members like, and oh, they okay, would like the ashes get they would climb the caves they would climb the the uh, uh, the coat the cliffs and put their uh, ashes or bones or whatever in like caves in the side of the cliff you know what I mean and uh, right uh, at, right at the Kalapaka coast 
Yeah, that's it's, cool. It's it's so amazing. Like there's still like you know there's beaches where there were um, uh, settlements, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago, and uh, uh, because right. of the you're, uh, you're uh, right, they had a, they had settlements here in uh, in Hilo also, but yeah. then they had like two tsunamis. Like one was in forty five. But uh, the best, the great thing about it is, is the Hawaiian, uh, the native Hawaiians, a lot of their record keeping was verbal. So they would pass down the stories from generation to generation. So a lot of that stuff got wrote down when uh, um, uh, Cook and his his uh, guys first came to the islands. Um, huh, you're right. So uh, a lot of that's, a lot of that has been preserved. Like there's a... Um, we went to a couple of sites. One of them was a uh, was a graveyard that's been there since forever. Like basically, as old it's as old as the island is. Uh, another one was like a uh, um, not I wouldn't I want to say a church because they didn't really like have churches. You know what I mean? But it was like a um, um, religious center for the island where that's where like the uh, um, the kahanas and the uh, uh, the kahunas. And their um, uh, uh, the their religious leaders like lived and practiced and stuff like that. Like it's just right. cool shit. It's it, it one of those places. One of those things I love about Hawaii is everywhere you go, there's some cool like historical thing. Whether it's about you know like the name of the mountains and why they're named that way because of the way they're shaped and the myths behind them and the stories behind that. It's just it's cool. Like you don't you know. Uh, Unfortunately, I flew, I flew twice, uh, uh, two or three times, but I flew uh, right there around Hawaii. I mm-hmm. flew around it in, inside a inside a Chinook. A Chinook? Yeah, with a UH-67. It's got two propellers, and the, okay. the back door goes open. Yeah, 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 I got you, I got you. I was part of opposition force. Yeah. My job was to train um, the Marines Mm-hmm. that we're going to be going into combat. So I played the part of the bad guy. I got you. I got you. And we we would go around and set up these uh, little mock towns mm-hmm. with the bomb crew. And then we would do wrestling moves out there. <laughs> I'm serious because, like, we would make little little platforms on the on the floor yep. out of wood and stuff. And then yep. I, they got shots of me, like, getting chair shots to the head. <laughs> and then they got shots of me taking a suplex right on the bamboo. Oh, man. We had so much fun out there. This one time we were doing this job. Uh, we were flying around the Pukapoos, and I came out of the back of the Chinook, and I fell. I fell off the side of the hill. Oh, my god! I rolled down the I rolled down the side of the hill, and then I came up real fast. And I was like, okay, guys, follow me, because I was, I was playing the part of the Iraqi interpreter. Yeah. So I had to be the Iraqi interpreter, and they were going around using me to talk to people and, and ask them where the high-value target was. Mm-hmm. And then after we found out who it was, um, they all flew back, and then they all said bye to the Iraqi interpreter. They said, bye, sir. God, uh, bye. Have a good day. God bless yeah. you. They all said bye to me. It was very cool. It was very cool. But um, so there we go. That was uh, that awesome was week. Uh, the WCW for uh, for those two weeks. Um, we won't be seeing any more Magnum TA for a while. Um, Darn it! Unfortunately, yeah. that sucks. Yeah, because like he, he, was, he was kicking, kicking, I mean, he was kicking butt right there inside that promo. Well, he never makes it back to the ring. Unfortunately, the nerve damage and everything, the uh, damage from the car accident was just too much. He never uh, never wrestled again. Uh, but he does make an appearance as an analyst, um, I want to say early in 87 maybe, maybe by Great American Bash 87. But uh, like I said, he was, he, was, uh, he was paralyzed on the right side of his body for several months after 
the accident. Um, funny story, this is how invested everybody was in heels and baby faces at this point. Right. Um, Arn Anderson and uh, uh, Arn and Tully and Rick were really good friends with Magnum. You know what I mean? Like they uh, uh, they all really respected each other, liked each other. They would hang out at each other's houses and so on and so forth. Uh, so they wanted to go see Magnum in the hospital, but they couldn't because obviously the three of the four guys that Magnum has set himself up against as a baby face, the heels, you know, they're not. They can't go. They visit can't him go, at the hospital. Yeah, they can't go visit. You know, their uh, enemy, their sworn enemy, who they would, you know, rather just as rather spit on him as as uh, feel sympathy for him. Uh, you know, in the hospital. So they actually, uh, uh, I think it was Arn knew one of the people, or maybe Tolly knew one of the nurses on the floor where Magnum was uh, was in in the ICU or whatever. And uh, so they actually had to sneak up the back stairs and sneak in to the uh, the the hospital room where Magnum was uh, was was being kept to be able to see him, so that nobody could see them visit him in the hospital. So um, there you go. That's just one of these things that uh, uh, all these people that want to take pictures with each other on Instagram or or Twitter. Or whatever, when it's like yeah. they're supposed to be in a feud, you know, like a blood boiling feud, and supposed to hate each other, and then they're at each other's house having fucking sleepovers and and fucking showing pictures of themselves at Disney World with their supposed fucking enemy. Like maybe maybe bring a, maybe take a little bit more um uh take 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 everything a little bit more seriously. Seriously, people will take just like, you just a little like bit Arn more Anderson seriously. did. Yeah. Right. That's where the, that's why these guys were great uh four horsemen, the 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 innovators of our sport. These guys were the ones that taught us all how to keep it kayfab and well, they taught was... us how to work, work a business and if you believe in something, then yeah. you have to believe in it. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that was that was the practice going back, you know, at that point probably 80 90 years in the wrestling business is the the baby faces and the heels don't hang out where anybody can see him ever because you remember the Bret Hart Bret Hart Owen when they took the same flight together and oh, the yeah. grandmother saw him and uh-huh. said oh I knew you boys really loved each other oh yeah would you remember <laughs> the uh the incident with Roddy with uh Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the Sheik the Iron Sheik when they got caught uh hanging out together and and uh they got pulled over uh, and they had a bunch of, they were drunk and had done a bunch of cocaine and had a bunch of cocaine on them. And like, it was like, it's bad enough that the, you know, the sheet got pulled over with a bunch of coke, but to be hanging out with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who was one of the most over baby faces, kind of like, well, come on guys. You know, when, <laughs> when I was at acting rehab and I would talk about cocaine, I used to say it like, like, uh, like Will Ferrell did when he played the part of, uh, um walked line i forgot it was but but buddy um oh yeah i, I forget he walked the line will walk hard mm-hmm. yeah so anyway um so you're never gonna make it dewey his name was dewey yeah his, dewey, his, cox, his the said, dewey cox the dewey cox story walk hard the dewey He's that like, wasn't will ferrell though that was um um uh john c Riley. oh all right john c Riley. you're exactly you're absolutely right thank you so much for helping me with that, it was going to be a brain 
a brain freeze for me right there. Uh, that's funny when he says, I think I'm going to try some of that cocaine. cocaine. He said that at acting. I, I made all the guys laugh there because we were but, all going uh, through it at the same time. Oh, yeah. But um, so that was that next week. Um, next week's going to be fun. Next week, we got Survivor Series 1996. Oh, um, yeah. Survivor yeah. Series. Um, there's a bunch of Survivor Series matches. Um Obviously, I think there's like four or five of them, the four-on-four traditional Survivor Series matches. But we're also going to get Mankind versus The Undertaker with Paul Bearer locked in a shark cage. Oh, Uh, yes. What year of Survivor Series is this, Dr. Bob? 1996. Okay. Uh, I get get it. um, We're going to get uh, Shawn Michaels versus Psycho Sid. For the uh, WWE or the WWF World Heavyweight Championship, and we're going to get, and this is the top of my list. I'm looking forward to this the most because, oh my God, these two guys have already are already two of my favorites anyway. But this is pre neck injury, so this is going to be and pre um, double turn. We're going to get Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret the Hitman Hart for the number one contendership for the world heavyweight championship match so i know you're i know you're really going to be in for a treat with this with this warriors this is going to be sweet well, i can't I mean, wait for to see stone cold versus brett the hitman Hart. i've seen stone cold wrestle before uh at the arrowhead pond yeah and um watching and hearing the pop from the crowd from the rattlesnake is uh an experience that all the all the all the world should have experienced one time oh yeah well i mean this is of course this is very early into stone cold i think this is like maybe right after um king of the ring or right before king of the ring um, so this is hot this is yeah. red hot you got to strike where the iron is yeah. red hot on this and one. uh We're this forward, this has some it, iron in this next episode this is something i wanted i've been kind of wanting to i i'm just going to say it here because this is the best place to say it. with everything that's going on with rick flair uh from the uh from the dark side of the ring from the plane ride from hell i don't know if anybody saw that episode but he um uh even if what the woman alleges he did is half true it's still wrong and the fact that he has yet to uh really come clean about it and say that uh you know yeah i exposed myself to people and it was wrong and i shouldn't have done that and i exposed myself to her and she didn't have any business because she's not in the wrestling industry she didn't want to be there she was just a flight attendant on a flight we were taking and that was wrong of me to do and i'm sorry um the fact that he hasn't done that makes me very upset with him but now in georgia they're having a uh, fundraiser sponsored by the former uh, President Donald Trump, who I am not a fan of, and I think everybody knows this. And uh, one of the honorary members, basically one of the people you're paying to get to be able to take your picture with at this fundraiser is Ric Flair. And that just kind of, I know people say they don't care about politics, but and to this extent, I do. And if you're going to associate with yourself with someone like Donald Trump, then you really lose a lot of respect for me. That being said, um, Ric Flair, who was my favorite wrestler of all time, uh, 
followed by Shawn Michaels, who I have also heard so many horrible things about when he was in his prime in the 90s. I'm just going to say it. Bret, Bret the Hitman Hart is now my favorite wrestler because Bret Hart never had a fucking scandal in his life. He never did anything but wrestle to the best of his ability and do a great job at that. He was the tantamount fucking babyface, and I love Bret Hart to death. The older I've gotten, the more I've appreciated everything he did for the industry, for the WWF when he was champion, and for uh, just being a a good person in general. So uh, I'm excited to see my favorite versus one of my uh, uh, Mount Rushmore's um, go at it. Anyway, I'm sorry. Get, I didn't mean to go off get, on that tangent. No, there, you but. get you get a round of applause, Dr. Bob. You get a round of applause. Because that's it. You know, I know, I know, I know. I've already, in my mind, I've given it to Jesus. Yeah. I've given it to God. And I know yeah. God has the ultimate say in everything. And, um, you know, we, we, as, as we, as warriors, we, as warriors, we believe in, you know, moving forward and having a great show and being very respectful and stuff like that. So if it doesn't fit, it just doesn't fit. Yep. So anyway, I just wanted to, I wanted to get that out there. Um, um, just because it's something I've That's been terrible. thinking about. I, I have, I have my opinion. I have my opinion. I don't. I don't know if they should be allowing all of them to be able to do presses and take photographs and stuff. But mm-hmm. one of the great things that we did to serve this country was serve it for everybody's right to be able to have freedoms in this country. Okay. So that's. I, yeah. I said this. I said that a long time ago when people were kneeling during the uh, um, during the national anthem. And they were like, oh, but the veterans. And I'm like, I'm a veteran. And part of what I fought for was people's ability to protest the government if they don't like something the government's doing. Or if they don't, if they feel like they want to speak out for a cause, they have the right to do that. That's the right to free speech. It's the first fucking amendment. I went to to college in in Hollywood. I went to college in Hollywood. I I know all of the people's... uh, in insights like they want to say that this is this is doing this and this is doing that and this is doing this i know that but all i love is wrestling mm-hmm. true story so we'll get on with the wrestling i'm sorry we didn't we didn't mean to go off on a tangent next week no we it's will... okay i have i have the survivor series right here my peacock fired up as soon as we're uh gonna done sign off right here i'm gonna fire it up right now and start taking notes i might i might fire it up a little bit late to do my uh my three three to four beer watch through but uh <laughs> oh well, hell yeah i'm serious i like to i like to have a couple of beers and watch uh the especially the pay-per-views just so i get a get a kind of an idea for where i'm going to want to take a lot of notes or for what i'm going to be like oh i don't really have to pay attention to this because i'm not going to like this anyway you know what i mean i know but, exactly uh, what you mean when well, I was a with nxt I freaking, uk i like to I do watched, it uh, oh, i watched sorry. wrestlemania 10 yeah and we we couldn't get the sound to come on oh and when it was Macho Man coming out of the um, was it uh, Caesar's Palace, mm-hmm. so I, as a ten-year-old, I had to do the commentary for the whole show myself. <laughs> but uh, that's that's I'm sorry, that's funny. I thought you were Thank talking you. about just recently you watched uh, uh, WrestleMania ten, but no, as a kid, that, when I was, oh, I was sitting there in, in my friend Arthur Arias's house, and he had his dad had a little bit of cable, and we 
we we rigged the wire to be able to get a signal into his TV in his room, and we put the 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 station on, and it came on with just 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 the picture. And I had to I had to do all the commentary the whole time. It was fun. That's hilarious. Oh yeah. man, that's hilarious. That's so good. Um, yeah. So, um, how, do you have anything to plug other than the the blowout? Right? You're gonna do. Yeah, uh You doing? When's the blowout? Just, come? When's the next one come out? They come out every Saturday. Okay. And I, I give I give as much um, as much uh, shout outs as I usually can, and if I can't. Then I, I wrote it, or I read them down in my book, and then I, I make sure I get them down for the next week. But Wait. I have shout outs. I have shout outs for 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 fans, uh, uh, awesome animal, like yeah. their dogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they really want me to get their dog on the show. <laughs> and uh, and and they're, they've been a service animal for years, and now they're retired and they're living on the Aww. island. And his name's Twigs. Aww. And so I I try to get him as much as possible on the show. Because I yeah. see them every day when I go outside to go down to the bay. They're in the yeah. front right there. And I go, hey, Auntie Leigh, I just finished doing my podcast. And guess what? Twigs made it on the show. And they get a real <laughs> kick out of it. Well, there we go. Shout out to Twigs. I love, I, I am a huge fan of dogs. And that is so sweet. Yeah. To, uh, it's a service dog in retirement. That's right? just, that's that's awesome. Um, he has little He has little hair that gets dyed. So it's like colored all the time. So sometimes it's like oh. green or sometimes it's rainbow color or oh. sometimes it's red i His bet you he's died is he's a good boy isn't he he's he's one of the best boys <laughs> yeah if you were to check if you were to check on my my twitter yeah go to Ohana Wrestling, check check my feed you'll see yesterday when he was getting the lomo lomo <laughs> lomo lomo in hawaii means massage mm. it was pretty fun i sent it to lex luger Amy, uh, Amy actually does that to our dog Patsy. She'll sit there and like, like rub the dog's like, like legs and and her. She's a our dog's a Chihuahua, so she's oh. a Chihuahua Dachshund mix. Um, oh, it it, it it runs for the border. Yes. Oh well, yes, yes, it does. I actually see now. I want Taco Bell. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I always want Taco Bell, so that's not a big deal. Um, Over but, here on the island is Burger King. I can't you know, wait to get a nice twelve dollar Burger King meal. Hey man, you know it might be more expensive, but it's one of those things. Especially like in Hawaii, it was funny, like because it's not like Hawaii is actually a foreign country or anything. But there are things from the mainland that you miss. Like we went to McDonald's for breakfast because we were just like, I want some McDonald's. Like I just want McDonald's. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, yeah, there, there's not, there's not an in and out out here. Oh no, there's, oh, there's not. That's right. There wasn't even one. There, there wasn't one on Kauai either. Uh, the closest we had was a uh, Jack in the Box, but uh, yeah. But I, I always give, I always give a shout out to the, to the restaurant that's right here down the road from us. It's called mm-hmm. Burnin's Drive-In. Yeah, they have just as good burgers as, as like would compete with like oh. uh, uh, in and out, and their catchphrases. If can, no. If no can, no can. But if can, Vernans. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, oh, by the way, did you get to have a Moco Loco yet? I think they told me that it was supposed to be uh, Moco Loco Moco. I Is think it was Loco Moco. I think so. I wrote it down. But my okay. friend Dennis told I, I, me, but it's Dennis one way or the other. Is not as reputable as he is. It's one way or the other. I can never remember. Um, I think I call it half the time. I call it a loco moco. Half the time I call it a moco loco. 
I've, I just remember that it has those two words into it, and so they're one way or the other. But if money can't do it, then can. I got it right. But um, but yeah. So uh, so Survivor Series 1996 next week. Um, we will have a brand new episode of LWF uh, this um, this coming Saturday. Uh, as you are listening to this, so that would be Saturday. The what day is that going to be? Um, let me check. Maybe what day is Saturday going to be? We're on fourteenth today, correct? Today's the nineteenth. Oh, today's the nineteenth. Okay. Twenty third, I believe, Doctor okay, Bob. So the twenty third, there will be a brand new episode of the LWF for all of you LWF fans out there. Uh, don't forget uh, to follow us on Twitter at Back to the Ring. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at Bob Zevon, and you can follow the Blowout Man at Ohana Wrestling. Um, I think that's it. We want to give a big shout out to uh, the Bammer Slammer podcast. As always, uh, fun to talk to them on the internet. Anytime you get a chance to catch one of their shows, it's usually a good time. Uh, I want to give a shout out to RN. Uh, as soon as we get an NXT UK takeover, we are definitely having you on, even if I have to pay for the Zoom uh, three uh, multiple person thing for the next year. I don't care. I want to get you on the show. Um, uh, let's give a shout out to putting you over, who have been uh, um, who I've uh, I've talked to a streamer the other day on the show. Uh, I was on the show. Uh, we had a good chat, and uh, he's uh, he's he's done a good job plugging us as much as uh, as much as he can. So we're gonna plug him as well. Uh, go to putting you over. They are live right. Well, they're live right now as we're recording, but uh, they record every uh, or they uh, do their show every Tuesdays and Thursday, sometimes Saturdays, but that's kind of iffy. Uh, there you go. Uh, find them at putting you over or, uh, at standing streamer or at Vanessa in Ontario. Um, I think that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, I think we got everybody. I want everybody in Ohana wrestling federation that listens to this, uh, to keep letting everybody know about the podcast because we are the, the new, um, business. We're the young business of professional wrestler, uh, group of, 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 of people that listen to our show. So I want to get more people that are invested in listening to this. I want you guys to uh, tweet out uh, the, the Bruce Pritchards. I don't want you to be afraid to send out to the Tony Khans that we want to get the blowout man's name out there. And we want to get back to the ring's name out there, Warriors, to all the, all the people that will listen to us. Talk to, the, talk to them and tell them about the olden days and also about NSC UK. This is a great ride, and I want everybody to be on board, Warriors. Yeah, I uh, I want to second that and go ahead and say if if you are a fan of the podcast, please uh, I'm not going to beg you because that's not how you build a organic fan base. Don't tell everybody just because. Tell the people you think will be interested. Right, right. Uh, if you like our podcast, tell your other friends that you think will be interested in our podcast. Um, like I said, uh, the whole reason I started this is because I wanted to get. Um, I wanted to, to review and get a fresh look and get a look at uh, 
some classic wrestling, uh, maybe some stuff that got lost in the tracks. Maybe look at some stuff that we look back fondly on and be like, well, that's not that good, uh, looking back on it. Um, you know, to just to kind of put a fresh eyes to uh, some classic wrestling, kind of expose it, especially the World Championship Wrestling in the NWA from the 80s, because I feel like that is something that's gotten completely lost uh, as far as uh, the modern wrestling take on things go. Um, so I wanted to get that out there. And, of course, I wanted to expose NXT UK to the biggest audience I possibly could because it is, in my opinion, hands down, the best top-to-bottom wrestling program out there today, period. Right. If you um, want to see high impact action and you want to see good, good, good technical wrestling, these guys are doing it. And they got nice, they got great storylines. Mm -hmm. And then the characters, the characters have got uh, a, a lot of future ahead of them. It doesn't look like any of them are, are slowing down one bit. Yeah. A lot of the people on that roster, uh, I've said this before and I'll say it again. A lot of them, even with the, with the gimmicks, feel like real people. They feel like that's just who they are. Flash Morgan Webster is who Flash Morgan Webster is. Shaw Samuels is over the top, but I feel like that's still an element of who he is. Uh, same thing with Tyler Bate, Trent Seven, Pretty Deadly, Gallus. Like, all of these guys feel like Super real. Nova. Like, yes, uh, Noam Dar. All these people feel like real people uh, just turned up a little bit. They don't feel forced or anything um and it's just it's it's very very refreshing to watch a program where i like almost everything and dislike very little for me anyway uh we're coming up on the two hour mark so uh, cool. blowout man and i are going to uh go do whatever we're going to do for the rest of the night you guys have a uh, great day evening night mid-morning, whatever time you're listening to this podcast, whatever time it gets out on Wednesday. Um, once again, we appreciate you all. Tell everybody that you think would be interested about us and uh, follow us on Twitter, at Back to the Ring. In the immortal words of the great Tully Blanchard, it's been your pleasure. Good night. Good night, baby. I love you so much. Thank you, Warriors. <laughs>